Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about in-kind donations. Nia, what is an in-kind donation? Well, an in-kind donation is a gift of goods or services. It could be a gift card. It could be um, a bag of clothing, but uh, physical items. That deodorant. Are being, deodorant. <laughs> lots of different options there that are donated to a nonprofit. Typically, they fall into two categories for most organizations. Of of course, there's a wide variety. Just think about all the things in your life that you could donate. Um, But typically, they are either used in some sort of direct client uh, relationship, you know, the deodorant that is going to go on to a client, or for like a silent auction. You know, they're going to go to a gala. The deodorant that's going to go on to a client? I didn't mean the actual application of the deodorant. I meant the nonprofit will be then giving it Passing to a client. Passing it on to the client. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's just keep going. Okay. Great. Yes. Excellent examples. And for a lot of organizations, um, they rely heavily on in-kind donations. Mm-hmm. Well, there are organizations set up just for that purpose, to process those items, kind of be an aggregator, and then push them out either to other nonprofits or directly to the public. All right. We've got a lot of stories on these in-kind donations. Both of us have been in positions of being uh, the primary contact as a recipient organization. So we've had to kind of deal with uh, some of the nuances and the the donor expectations around in-kind gifts. And boy, do we have a lot of stories. Tons of stories. Tons of stories. And there's certain times a year that tend to be heavier in the in-kind donation department, um, specifically around the holidays when um, people are, you know, thinking they're more giving, thinking more philanthropically. And uh, a lot of times organizations will put out a need for wish lists um, and so businesses, individuals will do in-kind drives mm-hmm. and then drop them off at the organization. Yeah. Uh, I worked with an organization once uh, where there was a, a national company that did in-house drives. So every quarter they you know, kind of selected something different, shoes or clothes or gains, or, um, and then they would bring all those donations together and then give them out to their affiliate nonprofits. Um, sounds like a great idea, right? Yeah. Um, and we signed on, we had all these conversations and, you know, agreements that we signed. Um, and we were very clear, we needed, um, any items that we were going to receive to be brand new. And for our population, you know, highly vulnerable kids, um, there was both like the hygiene aspect where we needed it to be new, but also like deodorant, like like deodorant, (laughs) deodorant should always be new. It's an important lesson to learn today. If you're hearing that for the first time today, please let others know about it. Hashtag deodorant should always be new. <laughs> so we would get these uh, these donations from this company, and they would not be new. 
I mean, that's the moral of the story. And so we even went back and we had a conversation of like, it's so generous of you because you always have to start in a place of deference. We really appreciate it. And we got a bag of shoes, none of which were new, half of which didn't even have a matching pair. We can't use these. Um, And we could never get to a place of that being able, that relationship being able to actually be effective. Did they acknowledge that that's what they were giving you? Well, at first they, they would flat out say, absolutely not. That's not how we do them. We, we always ask for new donations and then our folks go through them to make sure that they're brand new. And I was like, I'm looking at this bag and they are not new. They just, they flat out are not. And so I, it would be awful, but we'd go and pick up the donation for the quarter. We would sit in our car and like sort it out, grab the things that were new that we could use and then go to a nonprofit, again, kind of one of those aggregator groups that could then use the other stuff. And so the majority never even got back to us. And we told them this. Like, I want to be clear. We were very transparent. Um, but they, they just couldn't get to a place of kind of changing their internal processes to make it fulfill the intention of the program. And this is why we're doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to anybody that works in nonprofits. This is such a hot topic um, because, again, like you just stated, coming from a place of deference, knowing that a a lot of us rely on these in-kind donations, but then having to deal with kind of the mess that comes with them as well. Oh, my gosh. Such a mess. Such a mess. So I worked at a place where we would always get a ton of donations Um, around the holidays, like I was stating earlier. And it was great. We got a lot of stuff. We would put out a wish list. We would mostly get what that was, what was on the wish list. But then we would also get just kind of whatever somebody decided to clean out of their closet. Mm -hmm. Um, And, or we would get stuff that wasn't even for the population we were serving. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, we're serving teenagers, let's say, and we would get underwear for (laughs) five-year-olds. And they might, they were even new. Yeah. So at least they were new and we could pass them on to somebody else. (laughs) But ultimately it just created more work for us as staff to have to sort through all of that. Exactly. And so we're here as a PSA (laughs) to the donor of, you know, hey, recognize what you're giving, what the organization needs first. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually had a donor once say, because uh, they were donating something that we couldn't use. I think it was furniture. And, and we just had no place to really utilize it, much less store it. And they said, well, you can sell it. And I was Ugh. like, "Like I have time to be out selling these items on your behalf so that you can make a donation. Absolutely not. So you bring up such a great point. Storage. Oh, my gosh. Storage. That's the number one issue. Yeah. We are not... A thrift store. No. We're not a Goodwill. Mm -mm. We do not have storage for all of these pieces of furniture that you think are so, have so much life left in them and you'd like to gift them to some of our clients. Well, we don't have that immediate need right now and we don't have a place to store it until we have that need. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think like that's an important part. You've got this, this donor who either has some attachment to the thing and so they want it to live on or they have an attachment to the organization want to do anything to help it. Like I, I genuinely believe most of the donors are coming from that place. But they miss out on this key thing of not understanding 
some of those dynamics. Like, I don't need your bleached out clothes to give to somebody <laughs> living in poverty, right? Like, they don't want that either. Like, there, there needs to just be this understanding that there's a certain level at which it's not usable anymore, no matter how how condescending you might be towards somebody living in poverty, they don't want it. Well, particularly when you're working in human service agencies, you're dealing with people in trauma. And what is it saying to the client when we're giving them clothes that we wouldn't wear ourselves? Oh, exactly. I don't want another Smith Family Reunion 1982 (laughs) t-shirt. I'm not a Smith. I wasn't at the reunion. I wasn't even born. Exactly. And so a lot of it comes from our service philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. That we believe that the people that we're serving deserve the same quality as anybody else. Exactly. So uh, rule of thumb, if you wouldn't use the thing, not you don't use it, but you wouldn't use it. Like it's in such bad shape. The clothes are... It's missing buttons. It's got a rip. There's only one shoe (laughs) and not the pair. That's when you don't donate it. That that is when you you call time of death that item unfortunately <laughs> just needs to move death. on, and I also recognize that part of people wanting to donate is this sense of reusing recycling right not wanting to add to the um, to the dump and, and sending it there and yet there's a point at which you're going to send it to the nonprofit they're going to send it into the trash anyway you're just passing on the responsibility and adding more work to the nonprofit you love well absolutely and i want to go on record that i take full accountability that i do this myself with goodwill <gasps> oh tell me well i mean i have become more conscious in the last couple of years of what we're donating to goodwill but i have for sure been guilty in the past of just going through purging Marie condoing my house <laughs> and my closet and then just taking it all and dumping it at Goodwill. Did you hear that after that show came out? Sorry for folks who aren't in my brain. Um, the show is tidying up with Marie Kondo. It was on Netflix, came out like January, what a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah. And it's all about, um, kind of recognizing the value of items in your life and those that don't continue to hold that value to pass them on. I think it's bringing you joy. Bringing you joy. That's what I was looking for. Um, So right after that came out, all of the thrift stores were like so inundated with stuff that (laughs) they had to like shut down. Uh, Goodwill had to hire temporary employees. I mean, it was like this massive people giving their shit away. (laughs) And then they had to go through all their shit. Right. And take it to the dump. Yes, yes. So uh, on that, I I felt so bad. This donor came in once and she had this big bag and um, I open it up and it is trash, like legitimate trash. And like crappy stuff? No, like old wrappers. (laughs) (laughs) And like her legit trash can. Right. And, And I always try to strike this balance between being honest and authentic with donors and also not wanting to offend them because she had brought this in. She clearly thought there was some value in it. And and so I turned to her and I just said, I'm so sorry. We're, we're not going to be able to utilize this um, with our, our young people. And she looks in it and realizes she grabbed the wrong bag from her trunk. Oh, my gosh. And that was the trash bag. And she had an actual bag of toys for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her heart. Well, you, going back to what you said earlier around um, people saying, well, you can just sell it. So one time... <laughs> I had this donor call us and she said that she had this extravagant dining room table. 
and she wanted to know if we needed a table. But it was legit like 20 feet long. Oh my gosh. A big, large table. (laughs) So I started asking her some questions about it and she said, it's really expensive. You know, we paid like $20,000 for it and I, I don't know if it was made out of marble or what, but she told me that if we wanted it, A, we would have to come and get it. Of course. B, we would have to rent a big truck because it was so large. Mm-hmm. And C, we would need at least 10 people to carry it because it weighed three tons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when – you know, I politely said, I'm so sorry, but we really don't have a need for a table of that size or caliber. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't understand. Why don't you just sell it then? Oh you could sell it and you could get $20,000. No. What do I know about selling furniture? It's- Especially something as niche as this yes. intricate, ornate, 20-foot heavy as hell table, where am I going to sell that? You sell it, donate the $20,000. Exactly. So clearly that's the problem. She didn't want to have to go through the bother of trying to sell it or move it herself. So she's saying, well, why don't you just do it? Right. Right. But we don't have that kind of capability. And so when I told her that, kindly, (laughs) she said... Oh, so you're telling me your organization doesn't need $20,000? Oh. Oh, Oh, the gall. I know. I know. And so, well, it's that story and one more. I have another story (laughs) that really um, we started a new process with our in-kind donations when people called in where we said we needed to see a picture of the item first and we needed dimensions. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, we always ask what condition it's in, how old it is, but we've been burned so many times. And one of those times is we had a donor who called and said they were doing an estate sale and they had a couple of twin beds, twin twin mattresses that had really never been used. They were bought brand new, were used in a spare guest room that was barely ever used and asked if we needed them. Right. So they also had a couple couches. And at the time, I was working for an organization where uh, we had some clients moving into new housing. And so we felt that, you know, yeah, sure, maybe they could use some couches to help furnish their new place. Asked them if they were in good condition. Oh, of course, they're in great condition. Um, Asked them if they're new. They're in, like, new quality. So we go out to this person's house and... I'm pretty sure the person had died that was living there. And it was the family that was trying to get rid of Mm, the furniture mm -hmm. and stuff. So it was sort of a somber atmosphere. Yeah. And we walk in and these couches, these two couches, are straight out of 1955. (laughs) (laughs) They might have been in quote unquote like new condition But they were 50 years old. (laughs) I mean, it's something you would see walking into my grandma's house. (laughs) And they were exceptional. I don't know what it is with this long furniture. It was an exceptionally long couch. We didn't bring the right 
vehicles, trucks. You know, we just asked somebody if they had a truck, right. if they could come. And I had a SUV, so we were going to shove stuff in that. It was the biggest clusterfuck <laughs> trying to get that shit back to the office. And then we didn't have anywhere to store it. it. Right. We had nowhere to store it. We knew we didn't feel like in the moment we could change our minds. Right, right. Especially given the situation around it. And then we get back to the office and we have these huge ass couches with nowhere to put them. <laughs> so we ended up renting a storage unit. Oh my gosh. And costing the agency more money mm-hmm. to store these couches. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Now, how about uh, the silent auction side of donations? Well, we'll get into that more when we talk about galas next month. But yeah, that's a nightmare. My biggest pet peeve is the art side. (laughs) Because I, I, I mean, I've actually put in like just blanket policies. We won't accept art. I mean, it's so subjective anyway. Yes. So trying to sell it when you have a limited audience of whoever's attending your event, you you just have the opportunity for it to not sell. The artist to be upset, um, you'd have to hold on to it and try again. I mean, there's so many scenarios, but this one time, oh my gosh, um, I just started the organization, so I hadn't put that policy into place yet. And uh, our event committee was out soliciting. And uh, did you ever watch Friends back in the day? Oh, yeah. Do you remember Phoebe's? picture of that like woman coming out of the canvas yes. it was like that it was like <laughs> half a mannequin coming out of this canvas no kind of leering at you it had hair that hung down and like three-dimensional three-dimensional stop so it was massive first off and scary as hell <laughs> i remember one of my uh one of my employees brought in her daughter who, who came into my office where it was and just turned around screaming running <laughs> down the hall what are we supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> we had donated to us one time a headboard for a bed, for oh, a yeah, queen yeah. size bed. Mm-hmm. But it was an art piece. Oh. So it was hand painted. Oh, wow. On, I think it was on fabric mm-hmm. of cherubs. <gasps> <laughs> Oh my god! Who's buying a two thousand dollar headboard at an auction with cherubs painted on it? Oh my god! Again, so specific, so niche. <laughs> I'm sure there is someone out there that would love that, but the odds of them being at the gala at my gala, no, slim to none. Yeah, slim to none. I worked for an organization once where we would um, every child who came in for services would get a, a teddy bear, or a stuffed animal of some sort. So we needed a large volume. Um, and we had a storage area where we'd, we'd, um, hold them all. Um, and then we, people would do drives for us throughout the year. And, and it's such a fun, easy thing. Like people love doing drives for something like stuffed animals, but we had to be so clear. Like they have to, have to, have to be brand new. If we don't see tags on them, we can't take them. Yeah. Those are just a sponge for every germ a kid emits. Yeah. Uh, germs, bed bugs. I mean, so many saliva, things. snot, throw up. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, if you have kids, you know, you uh, know what ends up on those stuffies. And so, I mean, I don't even know how many times we had to have like that conversation with a donor who had just showed up, schlepped like three bags in from their car. They hadn't called in advance, hadn't looked at the info on our website, and we had to turn them away. And without fail, they're always pissed off. At always us. pissed off. And. I- 
I mean, I, I get it. And do some research. I mean, if you are really doing this altruistically, if you're really doing this to help the kids, make sure you're doing what's actually going to be helpful. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so that's a real call out to nonprofits to create a wish list. Yes. Make it public. Put it on your website. Tell them exactly what you need, what condition it has to be in, and then empowering you to say no. Yes. And if it's on the website, then you have an out. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Our wish list is on the website. That's not part of our wish list. We don't have capacity to take that in right now or we don't have a current need for that. We can't accept it. Right. Right. And, and, And I think we as nonprofits need to be more clear when we say no. I mean, I've, I've been around plenty who say yes, they take it in, and then it goes somewhere else immediately. And I think both in terms of donor intent, we have a, a duty to, to ethically tell them we cannot use this thing. Right. Um, but I think we also have a duty to say, you know, you can be a better donor by knowing who can use this and who can't. Right. Um, you know, like, again, when I was working in child welfare, we had one of those aggregator organizations who could take the stuff, who could process it. And so people would show up to us and we could say, we can't take it, but you can go here instead. That's great. And idea. that was a great way for us to to say, you can your items can still have usage and can still benefit these children without us having to take on that burden. Exactly. Well, and it's nuanced though, right? right. Because especially around fundraising, it's all about relationships. Exactly. And so sometimes you make exceptions because you're trying to salvage or foster the relationship. Right. right. And you don't want to offend. Like, I I think especially when it's like after somebody has passed and it's like something very meaningful from the estate. Right. It's like you don't want to tell a mourning family that you don't want their half-used shampoo and conditioner from their loved one who just passed away. I mean, I'm sure there's like some depression era folks who are like, that's still good, but we, (laughs) we can't use it. And yet it's really hard to say that in the moment. And so I also get that, that as a nonprofit, you don't always have to have that conversation or you don't always have to have it then. Well, and that's why it's hard. So you in the moment have to feel out the situation and make the call. And that's why it's important for us to have this topic on the podcast. So hopefully we can also educate donors. So there's less of those situations. Oh yeah. And I don't even know how many times my husband has like prepped a bin to go donate and I'm going through it and being like, this is trash. We are throwing this out. I'm not (laughs) going to make our thrift store have to do this on your behalf. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So our takeaways are Uh, donors, think about whether or not you would use that thing. If so, find an appropriate place to donate it. If not, throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And we can have a whole conversation about fast fashion and what that's doing to our environment. And, but that's not what today's about. (laughs) (laughs) What about the, the message for nonprofits? Just to restate um, what was already said, make sure that you're clear that it's posted publicly what your needs are, what condition, and then set some process internally in asking for more information before you say yes, especially if it's over the phone. Like if they just walk in the door, you're making that decision in the moment. You're Mm -hmm. having that conversation right then and there. But if it's over the phone or through email, um, you have an opportunity to ask for more information, get clarity, send a picture. What are the dimensions? Um, and even then, that's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. But 
just being mindful, more mindful before automatically saying, sure, we'll take that. And I think having that conversation across your entire staff is really important. I mean, how often are... Um, do you have volunteers who show up to do a shift? And so they're talking to the program staff about it. And if you haven't had that conversation with program staff about what's really needed and what your processes are, and even like the important things like the in-kind gift form where they have to provide their own valuation, yep. then the, the development side of things gets all messed up. You've got all this stuff that maybe you can't use. you know. So it just ends up being a bigger cluster. So make sure that everybody internally knows what that process is, who's the point person, who who do they need to go to when that donor shows up wanting to donate a, a cherub headboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bring up such a great point because I have been in that situation where the organization had multiple locations. Oh, yeah. That's and hard. so donors are showing up at the different locations. And especially if it's program staff who maybe don't know the process, they're just saying, okay, and they're accepting everything. The person's not getting the charitable uh, form filled out, mm -hmm. the in-kind donation form filled out. So we have no way of even recognizing the donation or contacting the person to say thank you. And so like you were talking about streamlining that process so they know, oh, I'm sorry, we don't accept donations at this location. You need to go here. Yes. Yeah. And I think we can be stronger as nonprofits in setting boundaries around that. I think as more of us do that, donors will become more familiar with you know, calling ahead and checking the website and doing their research. If they know this one nonprofit's going to take whatever you know, is brought to them, then we continue to reinforce that behavior. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up in-kind donations for today. We will certainly talk more about them. We have more stories about ridiculous in-kind items, especially for silent auctions. So stay tuned. Make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, email us if you have some great stories. I know you do. <laughs> send them our way. We would love to share them on the podcast at some point. Um, we are at nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. Have a great week. Thanks. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Mission Launch, a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com. And Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.